Hi, this is Jake Plummer, and you're listening to the One Star Recruits Podcast. You know, I say a lot of times I'm not a scientist, you know, and I see things coming, and then you're like, what do you do? They're just here for a short time and a good time, not a long time, baby. He needs a challenge, and now he wants to, he usually wins with, like, first and second stringers. He probably wants to win with, like, third and fourth stringers. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Eddie George on One Star Recruits Podcast. These guys do it the best. Love you guys. There are two Ronaldos. There are only one Ines. This is Ines Ainz. I'm very happy to be here and don't miss any, any of the shows. They are amazing. Hey, everybody. This was Dickie B on the One Star Recruits Podcast. And they've been awesome, baby. Yo, episode 13, One Star Recruits, reflects our, our entry music. He just said that's tight, his head was popping. Uh, I can get down to it, man. Even at, uh, that's, that's, that's a great intro <laughs> for, for the crowd that we, that we got here and uh, all the one stars. That it gets me pumped when I hear Eddie George. Just come on I in. I like the Dickie B closing it out there that's with a little good. echo at the end. We love it, man. Rip thinks he's got the same uh, number 13 as me, episode 13, baby. Who you got, Rip? Steve Nash, baby. Stevie Nash. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to cherry pick go James Harden. Oh. Not a good number 13. But my first, the great, a great stud out in West Lafayette, baby. John Wooden, All-American at Purdue, number 13. We have some listeners in Lafayette. Shout out to Adam Leahy, Gina Leahy, PR for the College Football Playoff. The best PR person. Sorry to other people. That's just the Stanga opinion. But the Leahy's brought it, and he also said... Glenn Big Dog Robinson. So what about uh, that? That's a oh, yeah, that's a cool jersey. That Bucks jersey's fresh. 13's an underrated number. There has to be some quarterbacks out there, too, that's a quarterback number. DK uh-huh. called out uh, Odell, Odell Beckham. No, nah, that was a joke, because that's what everybody says. We don't do that on one star. <laughs> I'll throw out Paul George, maybe, because he's playing. He's he playing tonight. 13. We're recording this on a Tuesday. It's going to drop on a wins. Okay. We'll find out if he's pandemic P or playoff P tonight. Game seven. How about Doug Christie? He's, oh, he's a Laker killer. That's a one star call out right there. <laughs> that is a one star. Man, I sat by his wife at Oracle once and she was yelling at the refs so badly. Like it was she was involved in the game for sure, but he was she he was, was the a one good on defender. The, she was the one on the uh, basketball wives, right? Oh, that's right. Good call. Good call. Yeah, you boys like that. Yeah, that's that a VH1 show. That's back in the day, yeah. Rip likes uh, Potomac Housewives of of, uh, of uh, Washington, oh. D.C. We'll over talk, here. We'll talk about that later in the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm to learn something you about you guys. We a lot of content on that. 13's a good name. Yeah, Doug Christie. I thought of Mike James. We got a, we got a guy who so I met in the D League and the G League. So Mike James. Say his name Some fun. people avoid the number 13, Friday the 13th, whatever. They think it's a bad omen. I say go on the offense, boys. Let's turn this whole thing around. The 13th is a good number. A lot of studs with that number, especially John Wooden. Say no more. Pyramid of success. Let's go. That's a, We should get that jersey for Stanga for Obscure Jersey Club. Oh, there you go. You'd have to be a custom probably. If so you look it up, it's like True Breeze bought it for a big number in 2011. So yeah. it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Our, our, our boy Sports Opinions has a Chico State custom. It's fresh. I guarantee you it's a 101, man. Number five. We got you, TC. <laughs> yeah, you know what else? The skies in California. Shout out. I say shout out. I'm trying to get better at saying that as much. But this is a real shout out to the firefighters and everybody working on these fires. It is real. It's real enough that our entire... Uh, our entire sky has been red-ish and orange, and that is not for the Cardinal celebration of beating the Niners. Uh, yeah. It could have been a little bit because we have a squad, Rip. There was definitely a little celebration on there. Yeah, but, uh, you know, these fires, man, for all our listeners outside of California, Indiana, all across the world, France, everywhere else, I mean, 
yeah, it's we're real, inside. man. The air quality out here is really bad. They're recommending you stay inside. So it's been it's been a crazy week staying indoors. <laughs> but yeah, it, was, it allowed it's me like to a, watch that Cardinals game, man. We saw we saw K one there go off, and that that little guy, man, he. He, I love him because he's, he's, he's so small. He's so small, man. He, like a Pac-Man. Yeah, he's just he's just fidgety. He gets shifty. He gets through the defense, and we, they're gonna have a bright year ahead of him if he keeps playing like that. I didn't even watch any football, so I don't know anything about that game. <laughs> Shit, because you were well, you were too busy just getting yelled at for keeping your mask on and the, on the on I'm the. Just kidding. I actually watched. I obviously watched the entire. And I was like, is this fake? <laughs> I got. Oh, as a Niner fan, I was. I was like, we cannot stop this man. Well, you have something there, Rip. He's got a different style, though, man. Like, Lamar is just long legs, straight ahead. Vic was just really quick. Kyler's, like, yeah. scatty. He's, like, he's so small and scatty, and That's he true. sneaks places. Little Barry Sanders that is actually dead-on accuracy, too. Yeah. He's incredibly throwing. He he's got a pocket. gun. He does. Have, there's something with that team. And they're just week one. Not going to overreact. But I saw some, I saw some scary things. King of overreactors in our in our pregame pod conversation. I'm really, <laughs> we're not Skip Bayless level over here. I mean, I sang a song like for Garoppolo's head already. I don't even know who the back of his name is. Like, you get your arm ready, man. He's like, calm for your head. Oh gosh, Jimmy G. I'm sorry, bro. I defend you so hard, but you look skittish on Sunday. So let's just. He's just keeping the seat warm for Nick Mullins, or what's going on? With that? <laughs> oh, come on! Wait, where'd you watch that game at, Stanga? Where were you this weekend? We were in Vegas, baby. Week one, had to get out to Vegas for thirty-six hour rendezvous, and I looked at a couple homes for a client on Saturday afternoon, and I was like, "Let's just stay here one more day." And we did ten hours in the sports book, and it was unbelievable. It was everything I imagined more. March Madness, it just—it was everything. It was everything. Week one football. It was everything plus COVID. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So we so, had to keep our masks on the whole time. The guy kept staring me down. He's like, you're on two strikes. It was like 8 a.m. Right. I was like, dang, man, I got 10 hours. So I like taped my mask to my ears and so I just made sure no mistakes. The million-dollar question that the listeners want to know is, is Vegas, is was it okay or was it gross? Like, I mean. Yeah, what's Vegas yeah, like? Right it's now one of those places where I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm cool. Nothing's I'm really Vegas. open still. So nothing's really open. So it's just not the Vegas, but, man, there's – but when you get into the sports book, it's Vegas. Okay, so for my sports book guys, you're back. Okay, Which is where you spend most of your time. You got the chills. You got the whole vibe. You're just yeah, you're back. But if you go outside, restaurants are closed. It's eerie. Yeah. You don't see the normal stuff. It just yeah. It's How different. about drinks? Are they still serving drinks and food normally inside the sports book? Yeah, they're book? firing away. Oh, oh yeah, yeah I probably have about fourteen to sixteen Crown and Gingers on Sunday during that ten uh, hours. Yeah, Stengel likes and animals. I don't think I got faded at all because you know they pour like one sit. They pour like one little drop in yeah. those. But they're doing gloves and masks, and you felt okay. The value is the beer, the draft beer, by the way. You just got the free drink. Get the value, get the shot or a draft beer. My dad kept looking at me like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Don't mess with What are you doing getting these mixed drinks? They just put ginger ale in those. That's right. There's <laughs> a lot of sugar. But, but it was know, electric. It's good. Well, there you go. So Vegas could be on the map for people again who want to get back. It sounds like there's a good value to be had. It sounds like you got a, a good deal on the hoodie. I did. It, it was, yeah, it was unbelievable. There's, it's like 75 bucks. We want to stay at the win encore. It, whatever. It's under 100. But I did drive by that Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders are playing. Oh, that's that a is beautiful place. Awesome. It's right next right, right off the, the freeway. Yep. And it looks like a Darth Vader home. Okay. I mean, it is perfect. And the fans were really into the Raider game. So they're going to get behind them, I think, like they get behind the Golden Knights. It's going to be really good. And then I've talked to my Oakland Raider fans who are diehard, and even they're cool with it. They're like, you know what? That's where the Raiders should be. Yeah. They should be in Vegas. Oh, really? Sin City, baby. As Take that listener, team. Listener Anthony City. Silva will disagree. I think he's put them. I mean, I got Raider Rob, too, on, on <laughs> Capitola, who has bought in. I see what you're saying. 
I like Jacobs. They're a global I mean, team. They're, That's their point. They're a global yeah. team. Put them in Sin City. Are they are they having fans at that stadium? Do we know? Wait, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're having a few. Only, right? ja- only Jacksonville, like I believe. Jacksonville, only Kansas Drake. City. Kansas City had about 17,000. Oh, no shit. Night. Oh, that's right, because they, they booed. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not sure at Vegas. We'll double-check with Winston on that. But it is good. So, okay. So, there you go. And they got a freaking team. Vibe. There's a vibe if you're a sports fan. So so that's the wreck. And the golf was good? Did you golf? Or you just I didn't golf. It was all sports book. It was real estate and sports book. Dirty. So pretty much stayed in my strength zone. <laughs> that's what you call staining your lane, baby. <laughs> I'm staying six feet away from you. He laid down the baddest beat ever on that Lions game. There were some dirty dirties. Okay. Let's just get to it real quick. Baddest beat of all time. Or not of all time, obviously. I can say There's that every a couple. week. But the Lions. Did it, if anyone had the Lions minus two and a half, we're up 23 to six, 10 minutes to go against Trubisky. The guy last week who I claimed just bet against him. Bang, Crash. touchdown, down 10. We're still fine. We got Stafford. Stafford, you know, Trubisky comes back, another touchdown, four minutes to go. Whoa, okay, 23 20, two and a half. What's happening we're in still the sports book? Is attention starting to change oh, yeah. from that? Uh, that TV was done because they were down. Oh, so yeah. I think you had to see probably if tension was changing. The, the, the noise, a lot of people had, you could tell like 80% had the Lions, so there were rumblings like, oh, uh, like, scared. <laughs> yeah, the nervous scared, Lions. Like, oh, shoot, like, we now have to keep an eye on this because for about an hour here, we thought this was in the bank and we're watching other games. And so, no, now the Lions are at the forefront. Stafford, veteran quarterback, throws a pick. Why is he even throwing the ball? I don't know, but he throws a pick. Trubisky throws a dime. The odds of that happening are 1 in 100. He does. And then, of course, we all know Stafford brings him back, throws to DeAndre Swift, and drops it. Cold-blooded rip. You saw that. DeAndre Swift, he's not a friend of the pod. But, you know, if you had to pick one team in the NFL that, that you – if someone told you this was going to happen to this mm-hmm. team this weekend, you'd pick the Maybe Lions. the Cardinals. No, uh, not Maybe. the Cardinals This anymore. is how they go down. So it's, it's on me for betting them. I guess it's on me. But that – I went one and one because of it. I'm sorry, guys. I, got, I thought we had 2-0 in the bag about 11.30 on Sunday. I thought, all right, staying. We're rolling, baby. Give our listeners 2-0. I'm sorry. That was a bad beat, and I lost with it. My, not only did that go down, but it crushed my parlays. It crushed teaser. Gone, man. Just, Trubisky buried me. Ruined the weekend. It's uh, it's Georgia to Georgia crime. That's Georgia to Georgia. I, you, what? So I have Swift on one of my squads. We don't talk a lot of fantasy. I was thinking about this. <laughs> Here's my life. I was eating cookies last night thinking about this. Um, will he be better in the rest of his season, or will this break him? It can only go. It can only go I up think from here, man. You can't. He, I mean, but something could really do a confidence. I mean, that's a. I It might be lucky there weren't fans there. You know, to because yeah. that was heartbreaking to watch. That was the one thing that stood out of the whole. I'm sure he took week. some heat on on social media and everywhere else. But I mean, being that young, man, it just depends what, what how your head is. Oh is my goodness! On, you know? Let's he hope he comes back. back. Let's hope he comes back. Wild. I don't want to see a Nick Anderson Orlando Magic situation here where he, he <laughs> has a break. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we don't want to see that. Let's hope he comes back. But man, well, enough Vegas. So Stanga Group signs off on on Vegas. So yeah. check it out. Go uh, tread lightly. Uh, what's this? What's the sports book that you spent time in? Oh uh, yeah, Westing Westing Westgate, which is an insane sports book. Would not recommend it too much as a hotel. It's a, uh, is it one star? Yes, yeah, <laughs> it is. But you know, uh, it's a great sports book, one of the best, and so it's awesome. And it's it's great to be out there, man. It's great to be in the vibe. Nice. I mean, and you had a little NBA going. The players are getting down to it. Let me ask you guys this. So right now, there's what is it? Six teams in the playoffs. Is in that the, number right? In the total in the playoffs alive right now, including tonight. Uh, yeah. Five. Five. Okay, out of the five teams in the playoffs, everybody knows who they are. What jersey out of the five teams, if you could have one jersey to wear at the pool party next weekend that's socially distanced, um, are you picking? Go ahead, Rip. 
Uh, it's not going to be a Lakers jersey. Thank you. Not even a chance? No. I'm not, not even Caruso. That's not my that's team. A hot, that's a hot fool, Jay. That's, uh, yeah, I did see a lot of LeBron this weekend. Did so, you see a Cardinals jersey at the sports event? Absolutely not. That's <laughs> a lot of LeBron. No Cardinals jersey in Mexico City. <laughs> Inez. I'm and, looking uh, good. in well. Vegas. So maybe only in, only in Arizona. But, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to have to go with uh, – Who you see. got? Who would have to go Clippers, and, and I would probably go with Lou Williams. Cause uh, Lou I like his new nickname swag. that he just got the patent for. Uh, Lemon Pepper Lou. Oh, Lemon Pepper Lou. Isn't that nice? Oh, that is nice. That works in, in post-career all over the place, and it flows off the tongue. All right, Stanga, they've got five teams left. Who's your, top who's your five jersey? seasoning, by the way. Lemon Pepper's top five seasoning. It's a great seasoning. You can yeah, put that on a lot. You should mix it's that like in. Garlic salt, probably top five in the steak, Montreal steak season. Wingstop, Wingstop has some great lemon pepper. Absolutely. Lemon if, pepper, Lou, I like that. If you're ordering the wings and you have a mixed group, throw them in because they, 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 they never fail, right? They never safe, fail. A safe wing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If for the people that don't like spice, get the lemon pepper loose. Everything yeah. nice. <laughs> Everything nice. Oh, man. I would wear a uh, definitely from the Miami team, probably a Jimmy Buckets. Yeah, jersey. A hot one too. I mean, I know, or a Tyler Hero jersey, um, because I was talking to a guy and I was like, "Who's got more swag?" You know, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, Tyler Hero, uh, Joe Burrow, or Tyler Hero. As we were watching the oh, another bad B, another bad B, and uh, and he goes, "Tyler Hero, bro." Yeah. He, and he, and this guy told me something that was awesome. He goes, "Tyler Hero is a guy that shows up to LA Fitness unassuming and gives you thirty every time." I was like, that's amazing. Unassuming, except for he's like 6'7". And he's got the TikTok. And he's got the TikTok haircut. He just gives you 30 every time. I was like, that's amazing. That's a great one. By the way, can I get a Trajan Langdon jersey, a Duke jersey? Because the interview that we we got from the general manager of the New Orleans Pelicans and former Duke star coming up here is amazing. He's an Alaska native. What do you guys think about this? He was awesome. I'll give you a number 21 Cavs jersey, the black one with the blue stripe. The, the 21 Cavs Langdon jersey? Yeah, or maybe I'll give you a, uh, a executive cap in the San Antonio uh, G League system. Dude, his roots go deep. He's got Duke. He's got San Antonio. He's got Brooklyn. He's got New Orleans. Let, he's got Alaska. We cover it all. Let's get to this interview with the general manager of the New Orleans Pelicans, Trajan Langdon. Enjoy. Now joining the One Star Recruits podcast, we have the general manager of the New Orleans Pelicans, a husband, a father of three, and owner of one of the best nicknames out there, the Alaskan assassin, Trajan Langdon. Trajan, you might be in your 40s now, but I know you can still knock down shots. Does anyone call you that nickname anymore? Here and there on the road, you know, here and there. And then (laughs) I I have one of my, uh, one of our scouts that calls me that pretty often. So um, yeah, it's not, it's not been forgotten at least. Okay. No, it's a good one. You know, speaking of Alaska, just because it's such a big part of your story and, and really just such a unique place that, that few people in the lower 48 really get to experience. But, you know, your father's been a professor of anthropology up there at the University of Alaska for over 40 years, I think. And he's researching things like fisheries and the salmon trade. And I promise we'll get to basketball soon, but I, I think that's just such an interesting line of work. And I know you probably didn't expect to talk about fish harvesting or anthropology today. But can, you, can you just give us one interesting thing for our one-star listeners that they need to know about the Alaskan fishery game? Wow. Um, so my dad used to take me on some of his research projects, um, and he spent a lot of time down in southeastern Alaska, uh, areas called Ketchikan and Craig. Craig was a spot they used to go to. Um, spent a lot of time with Tlingkits, uh, the Indians down there, and... Um, 
you know, one of the projects was on an island and we just felt like we were in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. And I think I was six, eight years old and we were taking a skiff from the main island, probably a 20 minute skiff ride, just he and I over to this, uh, kind of deserted Island. And we were staying in this cabin and we were, you know, he was striking up fires and we were heating up, you know, canned beans and canned food. And that's how we were just eating meals. And we wake up first thing in the morning, um, and go do some, you know, anthropological, archeological digs with the crew, uh, just to find out, you know, obviously how past cultures and how past peoples lived on that Island. Um, but a big thing that he did is trying to figure out, you know, how these people, um, kind of assessed and understood waterways and where fish swam. And so how, how they would set their fish traps, uh, was something that he was always incredibly intrigued and interested by. And so he was trying to find out back in the history and, and back in, uh, on that, on those different islands of where they set these fish traps, why they set them in those specific locations. Um, and so that was always interesting to me. I didn't, understand the passion of it at six or eight years old. Um, but he was incredibly passionate about, um, finding out, uh, how, you know, Alaskan natives lived and especially off of the land. Um, but it was, it was fun. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Super cool. Do you, are you a fisherman? You guys, you guys fish and eat salmon as well. Is that, is that a favorite food? You know, it's interesting. I love fish now. Um, didn't love it as much then. Cause you know, when you grow up and it's yeah, on your too. table every day, you just go like, God, it's, it's enough fish. Can we get something else? And you, and then you go up at 25, 35 years old and you're like, dang, this is really good. And your dad's like, yeah, you ate it growing up. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't appreciate it. Like, like I do now. <laughs> right. And healthy too. So, right. And healthy. So that's good. Yeah. And yeah. incredibly healthy. So no, I, I, I appreciate you bringing that up. It brings back some fond memories. No, good. Shout out to Paul. It's very uh, cool. You know, Alaska is such an interesting place. I want to just stay on it for a minute. Kind of a basketball question, though, because our one-star Alaskan insider up there in Anchorage, my guy Rob Lynch, he told me some wild stories about basketball in rural Alaska and how that all goes down. And, you know, I know there's a huge March Madness tournament in Anchorage for high schools all mm-hmm. across the state. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that scene and how passionate Alaskans are about the sport? And they've been playing for hundreds of years up there. I have gone out to rural Alaska, done some camps and even, um, some competitions and just the fever around that sport in those places. It's not just the basketball community that, that get around it. It's the whole community on those days that really come and support, uh, their players, their teams, their coaches. So I think that's, what's fantastic about it. And if you just, if you think about the state and what goes on there, like, you know, if you, the little rural communities, they're not skiing that much. If they are, it's cross country. Um, they're not really playing that much hockey. Uh, so the one thing that they're doing is they're hooping. Uh, and that's what they're doing across, across the state in those rural communities. There's a lot of hoop going on, especially with the native Alaskans. And, and they're, they're very passionate about it. They work their butts off at it. And, and I enjoyed being out there and being amongst it, whether I was playing with them or being part of a clinic. Who'd you look, who'd you look up to Trajan, uh, in Alaska? Was it a Seattle supersonics? Was it, was it GP and Sean camp or you guys look to uh, Portland? Who were your squads growing up from, from Alaska? It's a good question. I, I, my dad took me down, uh, a couple times to watch Seattle games and watch Portland games. Um, not even key arena, the Coliseum downtown. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah like that's back right. in the day. 
back in the day. So that was like young Sean Kemp. That was even before GP Uh-oh. got there. So um, I think I saw Drazen in his rookie year in Portland Ooh. in a game. Wow. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I know I'm dating myself a little bit right now, but um, now those are fantastic. We're, we're right with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I was, was, still, I was, was showing really these cool. guys trade and my friend, I remember watching, uh, I'm a Phoenix Suns guy. So I remember watching, uh, Mark Price and the Cavs come to Veterans Memorial Coliseum to play Kevin Johnson and uh, yeah. and, and those cats there, and it was uh, it was a great memories. I actually want to take you to what we're doing now. You're a GM, but your career arc has got a nice little hockey stick curve to it, and so I, I attribute a lot of my success personally to my networking and finding great mentors. I think mm-hmm. the team you have around you, it's life is a team sport. You've got sure. the best mentors around you uh, that you put Coach Pop, R.C. Buford. Now you got David Griffin there with you. I mean, Sean Marks, obviously what he's doing in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to our one-stars just a little bit about networking, the importance of it? And people always say, find a mentor, find a mentor. It's not as easy as it looks, but, man, is it important. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that I've had the people around me um, that I've had, uh, even from a young age, obviously I had a, a father that taught me how to do the right, to, you know, live the right way to treat people the right way. And I think that opens up, uh, yourself to having the, the different relationships with great people. I think it's, it's all about treating people with respect, uh, and people and treating people with empathy and, and being genuine, uh, no matter where you're at or who you're talking to. Uh, I teach, I talk to my boys all the time. I have boys that are 12 and nine and I say the greatest skill is listening. Uh, you can learn so much from different people. It doesn't mean you take it all in a hundred percent of the time, but it might be one nugget from somebody that you don't even think you're going to get it from. But if your ears are open and you're listening, you can take that in. Um, and that's a a skill that I learned from my dad. uh, And I've applied throughout my life, whether it's been playing for Chuck white in high school or coach K at Duke or, um, you know, Randy Whitman at, and when I played in Cleveland and entering the scene when I played over in Europe and then I had the opportunity to, to be in the Spurs organization and, and work alongside of RC Buford and Greg Popovich and even Sean Marks there. Um, and then it just, you know, I was incredibly fortunate to learn the right way to do things at an executive level with the Spurs for those three years and yeah. kind of see how they operate in a championship. You know, there had a championship drive for my first two years. We went to the finals, lost one, one, one. So uh, the fact that those are my first two years in the NBA uh, was amazing. And, and uh, you know, if it weren't for that, those opportunities and, and what I learned there, I wouldn't be where I am presently. That, that's a fantastic answer because what you said a little bit before, obviously the Spurs is great, but the listening is huge because I can't tell you how many great advice, how much great advice I've gotten. The mailman comes up, I'll strike a conversation. He'll give me a heater and it's like, whoa, that's a life <laughs> from a guru. And it's like, so you never know where you're getting great advice. So what you're telling that 12, you're 12 and nine year old. I love it. I love it. But speaking of the GM role, obviously you came in, no brainer Zion's on the board. Boom. Let's grab him. Probably a pretty easy conversation in that war room. Um, but what's happened since has been interesting. Every decision you guys have made, it's on the news. I'm watching it. Is he a bit too big? Is it this? Are we resting him? Is it not? Have you, I mean, navigating that's been a little bit, I don't know. Tell me about that navigating the Zion situation and, and kind of all these talking heads in your ear, but it's like, hold on, we let's just trust the player. We know what, you know, let's go with him. Yeah. He's a great kid. Um, and obviously 
he comes from, you know, we, we played for the same school growing up. I mean, not growing up, but in college. So, uh, I was able to get a lot of Intel and, and actually saw him preseason and in several games when he played, uh, the one year at Duke. So, um, I had a pretty good feel or we had a pretty good feel for who he was as a person and who he is as a person. So we felt very comfortable bringing him in. Obviously the, the skill level and the talent and the explosiveness and production speaks for itself. But, um, I think rookie year in the NBA is different for a lot of people. I think it's always difficult, right? Adjusting not only basketball wise, but just the off the floor stuff, the demands, uh, and a guy like that, who's an icon at such a young age, I, I, I can't imagine what he goes through on a daily basis of people reaching out to him and who he feels he needs to please. Uh, and I thought he did a, a really good job of it um, in trying to stay sane with it and, and still play basketball because at the end of the day with all, everybody tugging on you, you have to understand basketball is the main thing. And that's what, that is what he wants to do uh, mainly. But sometimes you just have so many things going on on a daily basis. It, it makes it really difficult. So uh, I think we tried to understand that and just tried to support him in whatever way possible. And I think the injuries were difficult for him and obviously nobody wants that, but it, it, it definitely is a setback, but I think he's in a really good place now. Um, I think he, you know, he's seen the positives and the negatives from the rookie year. He did have a stretch where he was unbelievable and he was amazing for us. Uh, but we look forward to seeing him after off season of work. And it sounds like he's super motivated, uh, to kind of get in the lab a little bit and hunker down and, and make sure he's ready coming into next season. I love that. He, he seems like a fantastic kid, both on and off the court. And that's what I love personally about Zion. And that's why I'm all in on him being the next guy, but question kind of half joking kind of not because i see your roster and it's you know it's kind of how i would build out a roster if i was gm i would just go all pack 12 guys and i see <laughs> i see you've got a lot of dukies on your team i mean you literally yeah. got which is awesome it's like are you trying to just say we're not going to win we're going to actually win with our guys coach k I, you know it's just a bigger thing but on the real it's pretty awesome you've got some duke guys there they obviously oh. know the system how has that come about yeah, I think it wasn't targeted. I know it, it sounds weird, but <laughs> it, it definitely was not targeted. Um, you know, when, when Griff and I rolled into the job, two of the guys were already there yeah. and uh, Frank and Ja, and they were under contract and, and obviously young and, and really good, really good young men that worked their butts off uh, and talented and still with a lot of upside and potential. So we were excited to have them. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, I get there and Griff, we, we execute the AD trade and get Brandon, who's, you know, a, a rising star in this league and became a star this year and being an all-star literally, uh, and had a tremendous year, obviously, like you said, number one on the board, you can't argue it, right. You get Zion. Like that's, that was an easy one. Right and then, um, we found out that JJ had some interest in us in, in the free agency. Uh, so how can you say no to that? So all of a sudden you get all those guys and there's, there's not one that you say, Oh, that's a bad one. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. as, as long as we can keep bringing in top level talent and top level people, I don't think we're looking at, uh, the school, uh, but it just happened to align that way this, this past year. There aren't many bad, there aren't many bad ones out of Duke at all. So <laughs> you can't go no. wrong. And, and with, with JJ too, I know he's a big food guy. So he picked the right city. I know he's a huge foodie. We had him out in LA for a little bit. He was always a uh, big food guy. He's got to be enjoy. Actually, you might have to watch Zion actually, now that I'm talking about food too, that might be the one thing that might concern <laughs> us over here about uh, your first, your, your number one pick. Let me, 
ask a little bit of a, a Geely question, a Geely question. Yeah. Um, yeah. I met you for the first time, I believe it was 2013. I think uh, my, uh, my Santa Cruz Warriors beat your Toros uh, 2-0 in the semis. Uh, first of all, you were the nicest guy ever. I'm a ticket sales guy and nobody in the league is ever nice to ticket sales guys. So much appreciation uh, to that Trajan. That's much appreciated, man. Um, but, uh, I'm a big believer in the system. We're seeing it grow. We're seeing what's happening in Walnut Creek. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to, for, for some listeners, I'm going to throw some names out. Kyle Anderson, Jonathan Simmons, Corey Joseph, Danny Green. These are, these are, yeah. are, are huge names now getting real minutes in, in basketball that matters. Uh, talk to talk to us a little bit about the G League, your belief in it, what you learned from Sean when you kind of got into the Long Island program there, and uh, and where you see this all kind of fitting together um, uh, with the NBA and 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 the and the G League as a whole. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think the G League has really grown, and I think you've seen it obviously from your days in in Santa Cruz, and I think it's a completely different league in 2020 than it was in 2013. Right. I thought it was good then, and I just think the kind of the money behind it, uh, the ideas behind it from all the different organizations, they're trying to create a culture, uh, in the G league that, that mirrors that of, of the big, of the big team. Um, and we tried to do that. And obviously we did that with, uh, San Antonio and Austin. And we did that with, uh, Brooklyn and, and Long Island. And we're trying to do that now here, uh, in new Orleans with Erie. And we're about to, you know, we're going to, we're going to move it to, to Birmingham pretty soon as well. But I, read that. I think I it's, that. I think it's mirroring the culture. I think it's, it's creating, it's, it's having a really good head coach and staff that can develop uh, not only the G league players, but just as important, if not more importantly, the players that we assign from our, uh, from our NBA team. And I think in this draft, uh, as importantly as any draft, these guys are going to come in after they're drafted in November, they will not have played for eight months. And some of them for almost a year, if you consider if they're injured or they pull out of, you know, a couple of the guys that pulled out of Australia early. So we're almost going, you know, into a calendar year where guys haven't played five on five competitively. So, um, that G league, uh, is going to be incredibly important for these guys to develop. Cause I, you know, if you compare it to like baseball in terms of at bats, these guys need to get minutes. They need to play If he's a point guard. He needs to like see that. pick and rolls. He needs to see reads. Shooters need to shoot the ball uh, when they're tired up, running up and down, not just when they're getting their feet set and getting shots up in a drill um, or in two on two or three on three. They need to see five on five okay. reads on both ends of the floor. Uh, they need to see the pace of play. Uh, and it's hard to get that if you're a, you know, 11 through 15th guy, on an NBA roster. And so I think that's why the G league is incredibly important. These guys need to build every year. And if they're just sitting there watching, yeah. not getting reps, um, they're just not going to develop at the pace that they need to. Yeah. And we talk to our listeners all the time. It's about reps. These podcasts for us are about getting reps. It's reps in conversation, reps in listening. It's like all, it's all about reps. Give me uh, you, you were in Turkey, you were in Italy, you were in Russia. Give me 30 seconds trade, John. On, we talked, about the G League, give me 30 seconds on why European basketball can be an option for young ballers right now and why we need to pay attention to what's happening. I, not even Europe, uh, all over the world, outside of the, the United States. I just think the way that they teach the game, um, not saying nothing against here. I think we're doing a phenomenal job of teaching the game. It's just a lot more detail-oriented. Um, and you hate to say it, but it's not a player's game over there. It's a coach's game. So you better do, you're going to do what the coach says, or you're not going to play. Uh, you might not even get reps on a practice court. If you're not doing, you know, during a practice, if you're not doing the right things. And that's how it was with that Messina. I really learned the game under him. Um, 
under, I really learned how to play defense under coach Octai Mahmoudi at FS Pilsen, who was just a dictator mm-hmm. in the way that he said, you're going to defend it this way. I'd never pushed down and iced on the side before. It always was push middle, get fight over the top. But he said, this is the way we're going to do it. This is where we're going to ice it. And it was just reps, 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 and him being highly demanding and get to the nail and get to the nail early and get back. And just through repetition, um, you understand how to, how to defend better or how to come off down screens better or to make reads better. And I think it just, it's demanded in a way that's different than here. Uh, I just think you learn the game uh, in a much more fundamental way. Um, if, if you start early uh, in Europe. It goes back to what Stango said too, Trajan, and, and sorry to interrupt. It, it's about you know, mentors. It sounds like those are even some more. I mean, now we're talking a little bit about that. You, they're, they're all over the place for you, which created the guy you are today. Uh, they're so lucky to have you in new Orleans. Um, I just think you're, you're one of the nicest guys, but you're also uh, unbelievable mind and even learning a little bit more about your, your father and some of your stuff. Um, we're going to be keeping a close eye. We end every interview with a quick hitter segment where we kind of pick a topic and throw out some random questions at you and you just give us what comes to your mind. And so okay. personally, I'm terrible at basketball, but I did read something about you that I can relate to. And it's that your interest in numbers really came out while growing up while collecting baseball cards, looking at the, back, <laughs> the stats on the back and, and, you know, I did the same thing and yeah. I kind of fell in love, in love with numbers back then. And, and kids nowadays probably can't relate to the card collecting, but I want to run yeah. a numbers theme with you here since that was one of your specialties. And I'm going to oh, give you cool. some numbers related questions. Does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So you were number 21 at Duke and with Cleveland. Why did you choose that number? Oh, so you asked me before, um, who I grew up watching, uh, yep. who was the team of Alaska. I don't know who the team of Alaska was, but I grew up watching the Lakers from a young age, obviously when we were going up showtime Lakers and magic was my guy, but the guy that I looked at from an early age and I was like, man, I want to kind of be like him. I knew I couldn't be urban. I wasn't going to be six, nine. I didn't have the handle, the vision. I wanted to be like Michael Cooper, three and D. I kind of saw that from a young age. Uh, I know it's, you know, it's not that high of a ceiling player, but I just, you know, he could get out on the break and catch a lob dunk and nobody was shooting threes back then, but he was, and I like that. So that's, that's where 21 came from. Awesome. Uh, speaking of threes, uh, you hit 112 of them your senior year at Duke and which was a huge number back then, but now, you know, the game's changed a little bit. And once you know, Steph Curry came in and hit 162 (laughs) at Davidson in in 2008, uh, if you played in today's NBA game in your prime, how many threes are you hitting next season? Keep in mind that Steph, Steph hit 402 a few years ago. Great question. So I'm probably coming off the bench in a roll, um, but I'm firing them up, right? I'm trying to get up seven a game. I'm trying to shoot 40%. So we're talking two and a half to three. Let's put myself at 70 games. So I'm hitting around 200 threes. I like the way you That's, a, numbers. Numbers. That's a great number. <laughs> it was working. We were watching it work. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right, Trajan, your, your profile picture on your, on your Twitter account has you sitting in front of a plate of about 50 crawfish or jumbo shrimp Ooh. or whatever those are. <laughs> They're crawfish. They're crawfish. crawfish. Yes, okay, sir. I got it. Yeah. Well, what's the most number of crawfish you could eat in one sitting? Well, I've only eaten crawfish in one sitting before, and that was that sitting. And I'll bet you I ate 40. The, the meat that comes out of those crawfish is not that much. So probably 40 to 50. Okay. It's more the work than the, it's right. more the work that you have to do than the food that's actually being consumed. To get to the meat, yep. Okay. There you go. <laughs> okay, you, <laughs> you lose calories. <laughs> exactly. 
you have uh, you have three kids, and, and I know they're not super young anymore. But you know, this pandemic brings out the best and the worst in all of us when it comes to tempers and tantrums and kindness and everything in between. And you know, as a dad, what has been your favorite age to see your kids at so far? You love them all the way up, obviously. Um, two to four is difficult, um, just because man, they 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 push back big time. Um, <laughs> zero to two is hard just because you're not, they can't communicate with you and you're just, you're, it's all about survival. You just don't, you don't want them to get hurt. Obviously you're just trying to keep them alive. Um, but this age right now, 12 and nine is really fun because you can interact with them. They both hoop. You can kind of see the progression of you show them something, they try hard, they work at it for a week, then they got it. You can see the expression on their face when they get it, how joyful they are. Um, so I think this age right now has been something that I've really, really enjoyed and just kind of the shutdown because of COVID. If it weren't for that, I would have been rolling all around scouting tournaments and getting ready for a draft. And now would have hit, you know, summer league and all that. I would have lost a lot of time, but you know, having four to six months of really just being at home and hunkered down and hanging out with them and seeing them every day has been a lot of fun. Uh, and it's been kind of the silver lining in all of this madness in the world in the last six months. Yeah. It's a common, it's a common theme among our guests. Marvin Lewis said it last week, you know, the, the ability to slow down and you, you're getting kids too. The personalities are really forming right now. You're getting passions are coming out and personalities and you get to see all that. It's the, the blessings in disguise. No question. And, uh, okay. The last question here and the only numbers I'm going to use are one-on-one because, uh, Carlos, Carlos Boozer followed in your footsteps coming out of Alaska and started at Duke as well. And, you know, he's a few years younger than you, but that means you have a little more experience. Who's winning a Langdon Boozer one-on-one game this weekend. If we set it up. Mm. Oh, this weekend, it's not mm. even close. I know booze ain't in shape. So I'm, we're, we're going, <laughs> I know he ain't in shape. I know he ain't in shape. So we're getting, we're getting it. it it also depends on how, what the one-on-one game is. Cause if it's like 15 and in, he's murdering me, he's but if it's, you up. If, oh, if it's one, Hey, let's go one-on-one full. It's, it'll be a wrap. It'll be quick. It'll be quick. All right. I love it. <laughs> nice. Well, Hey, thanks treasure. We appreciate you having on the podcast. Uh, best of luck in new Orleans. We'll keep our eyes. If you ever happen to be in orange County or in, uh, in Southern California, uh, and you would like to uh, eat some crawfish, we have a little spot down here. It's not as good in new Orleans, but, uh, We'd be happy to host you. So uh, have a great season. We appreciate you. All right. Thanks, guys. Good luck with everything. Thanks, Drake. All right. Thank you. Take care, guys. Another great interview with our first. It's cool. Um, We strive to be uh, a bigger podcast and keep. But this is our first general manager. It's a big deal. And he's been a friend. We talked about a little bit of our our, our passing during our time in the G League. But um, I said this every week. I'm going to say it again. There's our first GM. It's pretty cool, guys. Um, he's a milestone. He's wanted. Like he's the, he's the hot guy in the league. So, um, and people aren't talking to him about fishing in Alaska. So you learn something every day on One Star Recruits. He did love that rip. Oh, <laughs> man, it brought him back, and that's the you know we got that's what this pod tries to bring is a little bit of life and a little bit of sports. So yeah, perfect guest for us. Thank thanks again. Yeah, thanks Trajan. He's on Twitter. Follow him. Keep an eye on. They have. Um, He's good. The draft is October 13th, I think. It's episode 13. They have the 13th pick. So, I'm going to you this. You're Trajan Langdon. You're building that team. We just talked to him. Who do you like at 13? You know a little college basketball. Is there a Dort at 13 hanging around that that squad needs? 
I mean, this guy is not going to go in the first round, but I'm a huge Marcus Howard fan because he, he's a, oh, he's a yeah. Phoenix kid and he killed it at Marquette. He's just a lethal well, those shooter. Marquette guys, we're learning these Marquette guys like yeah. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, they, they, they killed it in the pros. I mean, he's only 5'11", so he's going to go in the second. But yeah, 13, I mean, that might be a good spot, like especially for the Pels because they got a lot of young guys. They might mm-hmm. want to take an international guy. I mean, just yeah. mix it they up They need shooters too. Yeah. That's a good call. I mean, otherwise, otherwise you, you heard us ask him about it. He'll probably take a dookie, right? The odds are 50%. Yeah. Uh, just kidding, Trader. We love you. But uh, that was awesome getting to ask him that because he's got about five Dukies on that team, and you know he was one of the best of all time. He's the Alaskan assassin. I, my, my boy in Alaska prepped me, and he said, listen, we all looked up to him. He was our guy. And then Boozer came, but really Trajan was the main guy in Alaska, and that is so cool. That is so cool to be able to talk to him. Such an honor. And to, to own a state like that, to where they felt more pride in them winning the Alaskan shootout, and when Duke came there, then... Duke winning the national championship when Trey Joseph, that's really cool. That tells you the pride of Alaska. That's huge. Yep. He's interesting. We'll have a lot more of these guys on. You know, I like getting the analytics guys from the league and even mixing up with these GMs. And eventually we'll bring you some players here. But this is it's good. It's a good momentum for us. It's fun. Um, and it's the it's the power of putting in hard work, developing these, these guests for our listeners. So we appreciate you doing that. You guys want to do a little uh, – you think you know your coaching trees? Trajan comes from a pretty good – Tree, <laughs> oh, you got the Popovich program, and we talked about it a little bit oh, with mentors. Little <laughs> yeah, I mean it's important in the coaching game. I think, um, and NFL started, so we can we'll, we'll stay in that zone. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so this is called the uh, we'll call it the coaching trees game. Okay. I like these games because you know when you translate them to life, they're all kind of the same. Like we all have our trees, right? Where we get it's who you know. They always say that. So you got a real estate you know? tree. You got a real estate tree going. Yeah, you do. You really do. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a real estate tree, actually, uh, tree actually. And it's funny. I'm doing a deal with the guy who trained the lady who trained me, and it, it's it's pretty fascinating, actually. Pretty it's kind of right cool now. to see that develop. It is. It's the yeah, Bill Walsh, and I guess I'm the young uh, offensive coordinator coming up. The uh, yeah, Daniels, John Daniels. There, I guess. You there you go. <laughs> and uh, by the way, we don't Stang and I. We get these games from DK. We do not prep for these. This is the first time we've heard this. So. That's where you get a, a couple bad answers in the last episodes, <laughs> yeah. but some of them hit, so here we go. Oh, no, we don't know it all. The only thing that we know about is ourselves, and we talk confidently about that enough. So it's, it's these little games, and you guys actually do know enough. So uh, coaching trees, not to be confused with uh, trees. live trees or the tree in Richie's front yard that Wes fell off of. Uh, <laughs> that might be your only coaching tree right now, that tree in your front yard, actually. We have a tree in our front yard with spikes up and down it. Shit. I don't even know the name of it, but that thing is dangerous. It's not There's an app for that. Get, Winston, get, send, send Rip the uh, the app so you can shoot pick. It's like a Shazam of trees. The tree identifier app? Tree identifier app. We'll get in. Spiky. All right, uh, coaching trees. All right, let's start. We'll do best out of three. We did five last time. It was a little bit too long. And I have a tiebreaker this time, so they'll be getting too crazy on... Uh, there won't get, be any ties. Leaving in ties. Is there any updates from the last one we Rip's did? Going, there was a tie. Maybe we'll come back to that. Let's get into coaching trees. Well, All there, right. was, there was an update. Rip's going three for three, just like my five five last week and <laughs> ten for ten the first week. So, go ahead. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right. We'll start with you, Stango. Coaching oh, trees. Um, I'm going to name two guys. You tell me the tree, the top of that tree. Okay. Okay. The umbrella company, the parent company, baby. Number one, <laughs> Stanga Coaching Trees. Um, the limbs are Al Davis and Dick Vermeil. Oh goodness! Wait, Al Davis and Dick Vermeil. So Al Davis is not the parent company of that. You got it. Oh gosh, I should know this. Verm- uh, Vermeil. Uh, I'm going Shula? with Shula. Say it again. Is it? No, it's not Shula. It, 
No. Shula? He's trying to read my face like a poker game. It is not Shula. Um, I'm not going to let Rip guess for the sake of the game, but it's a guy, it's Sid Gilman. I didn't know this either. Uh, wow. Sid Gilman's actually, if you dig into this game a little bit deeper, which if anybody is super bored at work and wants Sorry, to dig man, into the coaching tree game, um, Sid Gilman has a nasty tree um, yeah. that you'll be very surprised with. But sitting on that tree is Al Davis and Dick Vermeule, just to name a few. That's unbelievable. Um, all right. So, 0 for 1, Stanga. Mm. Uh, Rip. Just like this weekend. Let's go with uh, Denny Green and Jim Fossil. What is their top of their tree? Denny Green and Jim Fossil. I'm going to go with Bill Walsh. Cause bingo. Give him the Niners one. Oh, you got a feed, too. You gotta, he gets I the mean, Niners victory this Sunday. Go, he gets the Niners question. Right, I'll okay, give you an easy one. I'll give you an easy one, Stanger. I'll give you an easy one. You should know this because you should be researching our guests. <laughs> Number two, coaching trees. Marvin Lewis and Rex Ryan. Uh, Bellick? Brian Billick? Brian Billick. Ding, 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 ding. Good one. I told you I'd give, I told you I'd feed you one. He just went to the analyst booth and kept it a day. Called it a day. All right, all right. Rip. Uh, coaching trees. That's how you do That's how you play the game, the coaching game right. I think so. I think you're right. The playbook on that. is what Madden did. Yeah. Rudin is trying to write a new one and it doesn't, he looks stressed. He doesn't look as fun. That's a sick W. That team's disciplined now. I don't know. For another day. Keep I'm going. I'm worried about his health. Um, <laughs> well, all right. Rip, number two. Uh, so, Stanga. Okay, bang, bang. Number two. Uh, uh, speaking of, we'll stay there. John Gruden and Steve Mariucci. John Gruden and Steve Mariucci. That's Andy Reid. That is incorrect. That Same is, answer. That's number one, Bill Walsh. That is Mike Holmgren. No, that is Bill, which is Bill Walsh. Which is also Bill Walsh, but that is the, the top of that tree. I mean, he was the head I coach. I think Andy Reid's under that tree also. Yep, Mike Shanahan, John Gruden, they're all under there. They're Bill all under there. you got to go to the father of the tree. All right, going up the to The goat, him. Bill Walsh. So we got, we got well, one for one. All right. Although, ah, we could go back and, and, and watch Good Connect, but we're looking for the, the, the head coach of the two players at the time. Gotcha. All right, Stanga. Ah, Ron Rivera and Todd Bowles. Ooh, wait, hold on. No, come uh, on. I wanted this one. I know this one. No, <laughs> is it Lovey Smith? No, it's nope. my boy, Buddy Ryan. Nope. <laughs> what? Wait, one, R- Rivera was a defensive coordinator under Lovey Smith in Chicago, correct? Ron Rivera and Todd Bowles. Um, well, we have to check with Winston. I don't. Okay. I don't know everybody's there, but I do know that this tree is a Andy Reid tree. Oh, okay, from Philly days. So what do we got? One one. One, one Unexpected. In. Okay, no, you no, can win it. Well, I started, so Rip's questions. got another question. No, no, no. Rip can win it. Rip can, can win it. Okay. Okay, that's cool. For ASU Clutch All right. There, there we go. Here. ASU uh, <laughs> John Harbaugh and Doug Peterson. John Harbaugh and Doug Peterson. We are going to go all the way back to Dick Vermeil with that one. It's a good guess. It was a trick question. It is also Andy Reid. Oh! It is also Andy Reid. It's a trick question. We have a tie. And I have tiebreakers prepared, one-star <laughs> listeners. Okay. Okay. All right, time. We're going to shift from uh, – for the tiebreaker, we're going to shift from uh, bas- uh, from football to basketball. Rip, tiebreaker for you. Number one, Monty Williams and Mike D'Antoni. Who is the top of the coaching tree? That's Both these guys coached under this guy. Alvin Gentry. It's incorrect. That's Brett Brown, Philadelphia. Stang for the win. Right. Right. For the win. Whoa. You ready? Brett Brown's assistant. That oh, this is, is a fun one. This good. is my finest one. I'll be impressed. I probably should, Richie probably would get this. I don't know if Stang will. I'll be very oh. impressed if you get this it's one. It's like point of seven and realizing you only need a wedge. This is tough, man. <laughs> Whole mindset change. All right. Uh, the two players, and this can be college or pros, is Alvin Gentry and R.C. Buford. 
Popovich. They coached on the same staff. Popovich. Final answer? Final answer. That's one of our prior guests. Larry Brown's on the Kansas side. Oh. 1985, 1986. We're going to end in a tie, but that, oh. was pretty, that was pretty good. This That's game good. is crazy because I got game. into kind of a bit of some tree algorithms, uh, <laughs> and it does... You could argue. How do you, how do you determine the top? Like, you, you with the two guys who were the head coach at the time, they were on the same staff. Okay, okay. So everybody you yeah. got was. Whoever's the, the alpha at some point, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a good. That was a good game. I like that. Yeah, that aligns as we talk a little bit wow, with Trajan, and it's good to uh, to remember um, as you're networking through life and moving through this wild thing. Um, that at, at some point, everybody, there's this great video of Andrew Reid showing Doug Peterson how to write. Uh, marker on the whiteboard in front of <laughs> NFL players, no and way. he says, "Show me how to show me how you write plays." And he r- shows how you write the X and O's, and then he says, "Show me how you write on the whiteboard." And there's a completely different way because it's how your body is confidence. It's a swag thing, really. And there's this Crazy. picture of Andrew Reid weighing 350 with a big walrus mustache. Oh, God, love it. Asking this man how he holds his pen, I said, it's, it, it, "That's why he's good. It's the details." And then and then Doug went and won a title before Andy, right? With his squad. Yeah, that's pretty. Ooh. Awesome. But Andy Ooh, got his. So everything works sometimes. in the world. That's, that's just life. Sometimes. That's how the game works. That is a great game. That is the power of networking. That's actually perfect for Trajan because, man, did he network his way up. That is awesome. That's it. That's, that's the it. game right there. Yeah, you can look into that. You can always check that out. Uh, I want to add some value here. We have a, we have a giveaway. We're going to do a social giveaway. Um, I'm going to make it really simple. So if you're listening to the podcast right now, I want you to pull up your, your phone. If you're in front of your computer, go ahead and pull up another browser. Okay, go, to our, uh, go to our Twitter. Uh, one star recruits that's at the number one star recruits and i want you to just to put two words into our twitter i want you to put us and i want you to put at stanger group Ooh, i like that he had a good week we did and follow us <laughs> and follow us, follow us but sure. the first person to tag uh at stanger group on the one star recruits that's at one star with the number one recruits twitter uh we'll get in contact with you on the dm and you have yourself a uh an Echo Dot that's going to be on its way to you. Oh, that thing uh, is nice. Directly in the mail. So uh, Winston's going to cover I like that. shipping and handling because he is away from the office today. I love your surprises. That, that thing is nice. Surprise. Get yeah. on Twitter, guys. At, at the number one. At the number one star recruits. At one star recruits on Twitter. There it is. All right, let's move into our recommendations of the week. That's good stuff. Let's do a quick dad's corner just while we have it here, Sig. Just so you don't, you're not the one hitting us up for our, our Echo Amazon Echo. I'm gonna do a quick dad's corner. We did do a little fantasy draft at Rip's house, and uh, that was fine. It was a little bit wild to me. I got to give you respect, Rip. Him and Stanga and, and Rip's wife had pizza on one side of the table. I had pizza on the other side of the table at the kids' table with his two kids, one and three. Yeah. Two and four. Two and four. And it was chill for a minute. And then I, w- <laughs> I witnessed a full cheese get pulled off right to the mouth to what I thought was a choke, followed by a direct seat miss to a, 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 a bum on the ground to a head bump um, to what could have been a cry that was a laugh. I just had about nine to ten things that I panicked about, and I kept looking at you. And you all let them live their life, man. So respect <laughs> to non-helicoptering parents. It was awesome oh, watching Rip Watch- 
Man, I had like seven panic attacks. So um, I don't know, man. I'm pretty helicopter, but I think I was just focused on the draft at that you point. But yeah, yeah. yeah you knew good. you had Clyde Edwards Alar in your way. You, had, you <laughs> yeah. had him in your sights at number four, so you're like, whatever Wes does, he does. Yeah, I, I need this guy. I number didn't four. notice any of that stuff going. I on. mean, I think Stan had a full full cup to the brim. He was going freestyle with greasy hands, and no, nobody even looked one <laughs> your way. Your boys are think, awesome, though. That, thank you. And that, that's really just a, a typical day with, with two toddlers, man. That's, that's how it goes down. It goes well, so right. Maybe you get a little immune to it, but yeah, that's... You know, the draft was good. I was really impressed, too. We were doing the draft. I think I was in the fourth round, and I, I hear out the screen window, uh, the four-year-old talking to me in Spanish. So. <laughs> that was so good. They, they, they're they really actually good kids, and they've got a swing. You bring them out there, good work, they're ripped. They turn on the ball, baby. Yeah, they've got yeah, a good yeah. baseball swing. You and your wife get them good. Oh, that. yeah, that is a good thing about the kids, too. I actually hosted in my house, and I had a wiffle ball, and I, br- I threw some volleyballs on the grass, and that was the big winner, you yeah. know, was big balls and a wiffle with that. But I noticed, once again, at, at Rip's house, his oldest took a big swing, and his youngest caught one. And, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was a rough one. It could have been bad, but it was not at all. I don't know how you guys – I mean – you're good parents. Yeah, he man. didn't cry. I was shocked. He whacked him on the backswing right in the forehead. He's he like, not there for a couple of days, and he didn't cry. So no, no cry. He wasn't like, concussed, and he didn't cry. So it it's that number good. two kid thing, you know, the yeah. number two kids. Uh, he takes it. Oh, he yeah. takes a beating every day. That's number two kids. We're built for it. <laughs> we're built for yeah, it. I saw Stanley it, just take that one on the chin. He's like, not a conky. We're good. It makes <laughs> him stronger, man. We're yeah, wild. that was so wild. Like bullet. He hits gappers too. I know that. He hits gappers. Like I was in the outfield. I was trying to play him where he goes. He was finding his way around me. He knows, man. He was turning the hips. If he has a future in sports, it's as a, a shortstop, a kicker, or a referee. So that's a, <laughs> we I love the ref. We established yeah. referee early as a fallback, as a plan B. So if you have any uh, videos of your kids doing awesome things with sporting events, tag us on social. We'll repost that for you at One Star Recruits on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Cool. If uh, – we got Rex of the Week, and I want to do Locks of the Week to wrap this wrap this up. Um, let's start with – let's go into Locks uh, and walk us through quickly. We talked about bad beats, but it looks like you guys both are hitting 500. Charlie yeah. Blackman. We went one and one So Rip and I went one and one You got Titans last night for you guys or two nights ago for you, which was nice. So we came at you two and two. We didn't lose any money, just the juice. So I'll give you San Francisco. Obviously, it's a homer pick, but – I believe they should have won last week. They're not that great with mobile quarterbacks. I think they will own Sam Darnold. Minus seven on the road at New York Jets. Niners eat the points, take the seven. Niners, Niners minus seven at the Jets. Second lock, Miami, plus five and a half at home versus Buffalo. Buffalo coming off a nice victory, but now they have to travel to Florida. Assume a little partying will be done, even with Corona. People don't like going down to Miami and covering because it's fun in Miami, yeah, baby. A little, a little Fitz magic coming for us on Sunday? You know, he just kind of – I was hoping he was going to backdoor me on uh, for the pass. He didn't. But I think he's going to get the cover here, five and a half at home. I'll take Fitz magic. Those are my picks. Miami plus five and a half. Niners minus seven. Looking to go to three and one. Let's go. Yeah, we got to get you to three and one. One on one doesn't look as hot on locks for the week. Yeah, fellas, you too. We have one on one. We're going to both finish over 500 this year. Well over 500 for you. I got two road teams uh, this Sunday. We got Daniel Jones, the young phenom, and the Giants plus five and a half at Chicago. I am never taking Chicago with five and a half with with Mitch Trubisky (laughs) back there. I mean, he had a decent game, but come on, man. The Giants. The Giants seem like one of those teams that are destined for wild finishes all year. So let's uh, and they're gonna have a little bit of a bounce back. So let's go with Giants plus five and a half at Chicago. 
Second one is uh, my guy Adam Thielen in Minnesota, plus three at Indianapolis. This just seems like a season, another season we're going to see about 20 bad interceptions from Phillip Rivers, <laughs> and I think Minnesota with Dalvin Cook can easily hang in that game and keep it within three. So Minnesota plus three at Indy. Nice. All right. Like Where should we put this? Should we put this on? Should we put this on Twitter? You put get this on Twitter so they're up That's in the universe. That's a good idea. Yeah, we'll put them on Twitter. You can check them out on Twitter. We'll put them in the show notes too. One and one though. We're going for for three and one. Yeah, we're going for three and one. We had a couple of bad beats. Rip had Philly. They were up seventeen zero. Okay, so it's not like we took bad bets, guys. We should have. Nah, we, we had an insider there. I mean, Swift makes that catch. Things are different over here for Stanger Group. Yeah, it's a sixteen inning game, like Rip just said. Seventeen inning. So let's let's roll, guys. Stick with us. Okay, cool. That's locks of the week. Uh, for our golfers, for our golfers, really fast. The most interesting thing to me about golf is the U.S. Open. That's not interesting. What's op- what's interesting is that it's in New York City, right? Saying yes. For the casual fan, New York City is awesome. It's generally way more awesome because the fans get just belligerent. No fans there, but it will still be awesome because the players love playing there. Here's my thirty seconds. I have to go back to betting. I got Patrick Reed plus three thousand which is great. It's $10 when you three, uh, 20 when you six. Yes, we hate him, but that's where the value is. Okay, <laughs> He loves the playing in New York. Tight fairways, man. He's what is it, Beth Page? What's the course? Uh, uh, Wingfoot. Wingfoot. Wingfoot, just cool outside name. Manhattan. Awesome course. So I'm taking Let's guys. Let's tag Wingfoot on social. Let's tag Wingfoot on social too, Rip. We got to keep up with Wingstop. Wingstop is where we ate tonight. <laughs> Yeah, shout out. <laughs> shout out to Sweet Lou. Lemon Pepper Lou, baby. Uh, but we're going to go Daniel Lemon Pepper Burger. No, Daniel Burger plus 2,500. Uh, these are all to win, by the way, so good value. This is so, a major. It's a major. This is one of the yeah, three. Yeah, US I did, I did, a, did right. a do full respect on it. Put I'm going to ask my name. weekly question. Is Tiger playing? <laughs> Tiger is playing, and as the biggest Tiger fanboy, I say, stay away. He oh. has literally said it's the hardest course he's ever played in his life. And Jack Nicholas has a quote saying, if people complain about the course before the tournament starts, write them off. Just go ahead and put an X over their name because they're already complaining. They're in a negative mindset. Write them off. Tiger, unfortunately, is called the hardest course of his life. Tiger's not going to do Mentally, he's out. Tiger's ready for the Masters. Mentally done. He's getting ready for the Masters. I think he's he sandbagging, man. This My prediction, Tiger wins it and steals the show from NFL Sunday. Oh, really? Forget the rest of my segment. We're done. That's all you need there you to hear, go. folks. There Let's you go, Tiger. That's, uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, Tiger's going to win at Wingstop. Tiger's going to win, but Patrick Cantley, Tommy Fleetwood, Webb Simpson, other three bets. So I'll give you Patrick Reed, Burger, Cantley, have, Fleetwood, Webb. Parlay? No, definitely not. Those are just winners. winners. All of those 20 will win you at least 500 with the odds. So Which of those it. guys have won majors before? Webb Simpson's won a U.S. Open, which is this. Tight fairways, tough course. He just plays boring golf, but it's winning golf. How come you smack around Dustin Johnson so much and never give him the respect he deserves? Because he wins tournaments like he did last week, and he won't come in and win the U.S. Open because I want to bet on him. Weird. Can I, I'm going to bet with you. But the odds aren't good. I uh, love DJ. Uh, I love the stallion, the horse. I love him. But he's only plus 700, so 10 wins you 70 for a 150-man field. I'm going to put 10 on them with you. Can I do that? Man, I'll take your bet. I'll take any bet, by the way, guys. Ah, <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> you know your bets. I'm a fucking heart, baby. He'll look at any piece of land. He'll take any bet. But I would. I want him to pick DJ. I. I okay. don't know. Ten to one seventy. DK's got it. I feel like he's on. A, he's on a roll. He is on a roll. All right, let's do our content. Our uh, our wreck of the week. Cool. That you know, a little golf stuff for our golf our our golf listeners. Um, I had it on my goals to actually go to the driving range this week, so I'm gonna try to go this week. I'll I'll come back to you how that goes. I haven't, I haven't swung a club in about. 
I'm going to get you out. And DK, low-key, great swing. He just doesn't play, but a great fluid swing. So I'm excited to get you out. Next time we go to New York, I'm going to take you to Wingstop and we're going to play that (laughs) (laughs) club. I love it. Sorry, golfers, for calling it Wingstop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, wreck of the week. Uh, It's incredible. It's too funny. I'm not going to – I'm going to keep going with it. Wreck of the week. Uh, I'm going to be – it will be quick, but it's very serious. Um, uh, the, the, the Wreck of the Week is on Netflix. The documentary is called The Social Dilemma. It's a two-part documentary. It's a documentary about eight different founders of famous tech firms that you have all heard of. Not founders. Some founders and some high-level VPs um, discussing social media and the effects of social media and what it does to the kids, and really the basics of how, how the model was written and then how the business model itself um, has changed into a way that's getting a little bit out of control. So it's called The Social Dilemma. It's on Netflix. Uh, I did something interesting about six months ago and just took off my main cell phone on my apps. I still have them on my iPad. It's like my dirty little secret. I have to sneak out into like, I keep it in the garage. I got to sneak out if I want to check those things. You've been in the garage a lot. It helps me a little bit, but I'm addicted, man. I got a personality. I quit smoking cigs, you know, and I felt that same way about that shit. So I'm working through it too. But uh, anybody wants to just learn a little bit more about the brain and how the program was put together, um, take a look so you're not getting tricked anymore. Social Dilemma on Netflix. Rip. Love that. Mine is, uh, we've been talking about a lot about conservation. We always do in California, but we had a, a heat wave recently where they asked you to cut down on your power usage in certain hours, and now we got the fires, so, uh, or, you know, they're asking us to stay inside and not do certain things. But mine is uh, something I've been doing for a while. I actually got in a little bit of trouble for it this week, but I want to know if you guys, or if anyone out there does the same thing, and it's uh, a little weird, it's peeing in the toilet and not flushing it, just leaving it in there and maybe going like Wait, three or four times. Wait, if it's yellow, let it mellow? Yeah. Oh, of it, course, bro. Very well known. Because, yeah, no, I got, I got in trouble this week because one of the kids – actually, my wife is, is more into conserving stuff than me. And she got mad at me, though, because one of the kids dropped something in there and it was full of, like, Induce? two or three peas. No, it was, oh. like, a, a, an, an Easter egg full oh, of something okay. or whatever. But, no, you had to go, you had to go yeah, back to I had to reach down in it. But <laughs> she was like, why is there always pee in the toilet? So, anyway, that's my thing. And it, it helps, man. I can't imagine how many gallons of water I've saved over the last, like, five years. So, Respect. I like that. So you, got, you guys do that, too? Everybody? I'm a Fatilla and Noah guy, just like I'm your like, cool put, the, put the poop in the uh, trash can, the dog poop in the trash can, guys. So, I took some heat for that. I'm going to take some heat for this one. No, she's not really cool with it, but I am because I pay that water bill and I know what so it is. So it's a guy thing. I'm with you, baby. Any one-star women out there do the same thing? Or the, the, There's a caveat. You guys, when I say it, you guys both will be like, oh, hell yeah. There's a caveat. If you got an asparagus pee, you don't let it mellow. That's that's true. It'll stink your old bathroom up. That's you true. Just close that's the deep lid. state knowledge on no, the we, we, we don't soak right out, man. There, no, no, asparagus pee is next level. It's ruined it dates. Well, it's ruined. Eating asparagus. Asparagus is common. It's the fits fire. No, it's very healthy. Deal. I, I like asparagus. I go probably two times a week. Wait, oh, wow. you like? Do you notice it? I mean, there's a there's oh yeah, a oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we have a, we have an air freshener candle, and I just flick it on like every. So day. you let that asparagus mellow as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, dude, I've had asparagus like twice in the last year, so it's not a problem in my house. It's common. I mean, oh, I, hey, if you ever see in season the white asparagus at the farmers market, it's it's what do you, next you, you level. get a little uh, butter, salt, and pepper. Or what? Yes, they grill it up. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> the actual, the secret with asparagus, if anybody wants to mess with it, and they have not. Uh, throw it with your oil and some salt and pepper about 30 minutes before you either barbecue it or bake it. Let that oil soak in a really crispy asparagus. Well, we are taking you home because you gave us something serious, DK. That's very nice. 
It's a very serious. You should watch it. Rip, Social Dilemma. Just watch it because that's actually a real thing and it will really help your life. Riff gave us, if it's yellow, let him know, which is just a great value play because I've been doing my one. I'm just going to give you Real Housewives, baby. Real Housewives of Potomac. We've all known the Real Housewives, and I know it's a joke or whatever you want to say. You watch with your girlfriend, or you've probably shamelessly or guilty watched it by yourself. It's okay. We've all been there. But Potomac is electric. They are shameless. They are wild. They are funny. They're hilarious. Dan Snyder. I mean, is it Dan is Snyder crazy. husband in that? It's like cringeworthy. I mean, it's like it's like everything you want out of a TV show. It is perfect. And it's in D.C. or Potomac. So it's in D.C. So you got some government stuff there, which is obviously always dirtier than everything else. It's just uh, – it's great entertainment. Uh, obviously, my wife watches it, and I happened to catch a couple episodes, and I was laughing. It was a full comedy for me. It was incredible TV. Yeah. Are there any are there any celebrity connections? You get like, dumber. Were there any of them famous or connected to like a husband? I couldn't get then? into it. Like I didn't know the names. I was exactly. asking her questions, and then she kept telling me, Shh, just enjoy it. Just watch it. You know, Shh, you're missing, you're ruining it. I mean, she is like locked in. And I will say I was very, very entertained. And to the point where I had a few other wrecks and caught like content a little more serious, I was like, scratch the serious yeah, stuff. Yeah, Tell, people need to watch Potomac, baby. All right, I'm Real Housewives of Potomac. I'm a Bravo guy. I'm in. <laughs> there you go. Andy Cohen, you got to follow He set you up for success. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody needs to relax during the uh, the, the, the uh, pandemic here. That's a good one, Stan. It actually is real there. Rip once met me ions ago for a road trip when I was out in Northern Virginia. I was working at a private country club. And like Stang said, uh, it is a wild environment with the next level uh, uh, elites of Washington because they're not – they will – watch somebody get fired over a club sandwich. There. Super privileged. <laughs> yeah. Super privileged out there, right? It was a little bit more yucky. I'll say that much. It, like you left after your eight hours not it's feeling dirty, as – uh, it's, it's quick to be disrespectful too. I was working. I was a waiter there. I was 17. You know, I was just trying to do my best, trying to learn the hospitality game. Then got ripped flew out from Phoenix and drove my my Land Cruiser all the way back. <laughs> I didn't drive one minute, so I appreciate that, man. That was a homie hookup. That was great, great trip. Hey, great time on the pod, episode 13. Thank you, Trajan. Uh, we hope that anybody who has additional questions go down in the show notes. Uh, we'll put in there where Trajan's pops work. It is very interesting. If I had more time, I would have probably asked more. How often do you get to understand uh, the salmons of southern Alaska like that? Yeah, we had to we had to mix a little sports in since we're kind of a sports pod. But you know, good to talk about everything on this pod. Trajan loved talking about his dad and what they used to do to find the great, you know, the bait and all that. Where to go to fish and the fishing that was awesome. That's the good stuff. Good memories. Yep. Yeah, interesting stuff. So Alaska, uh, we uh, we appreciate uh, all your listens, and if you have. uh, any content sent them our way, you can follow us on social media at One Star Recruits with the number one. Uh, and have an awesome week, man. I'm out like the Cardi B and Offset. Ooh, out like the Houston Rockets, Rip. Oh, ouch, ouch. See you next week. Later.